The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Eat better, get healthy, and help animals. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. We all have lots of people who are important in our lives, but I've got some places that are really important in my life, too. I wonder if you have those kind of geographic love affairs. I'm at one of those places today, and that is Unity Village, Missouri. This is where this radio show comes from every single week, but usually I'm doing it far away, usually at my home in New York. But today I am in the studio at Unity Village, which is a beautiful, beautiful place just outside Kansas City, Missouri. And it's going to be extra beautiful. Take these dates down, September 10 to 13, 2020. That's when the Vegan Spirituality Forum and Retreat called 2020 Vision, A World That Works for All, is going to be happening right here at Unity Village. I'll be here for that. Dr. Will Tuttle will be here. Lots of amazing people. So uh, keep it in mind. It's a ways from now. You can plan to get yourself out here to the Midwest and have a wonderful, wonderful week of education and inspiration. Hey, everybody. I am Victoria Moran, and I am your host for the Main Street Vegan Program here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. And I'm very pleased today to be talking to two power women. I've been reading some books about women's spirituality and that kind of thing, and I'm really just feeling that although we love our guys, and vegan guys in particular, because there aren't that many of them, and once they get in, they're so powerful and so committed, and yet I've really been embracing that idea of the power of the feminine. So I've got two amazing women on the show today. After the break, we will be talking with Cindy Negron, who is a vegan lifestyle coach and educator in Puerto Rico. And we're going to start with Tony Okamoto. Tony is the author of a brand new book called Plant-Based on a Budget. And she also 
has the popular、uh, website and and meal plan called Plant Based on a Budget, and she's the author of the Super Easy Vegan Slow Cooker Cookbook. She's the co-host of the Plant Powered People podcast, and she is a regular presence on the Fox affiliate in Sacramento, where she teaches viewers how to break their meat habit without. Breaking the budget. Oh yeah, you may have also seen her in What the Health. Great film if you haven't seen it yet. And speaking of films, just before I bring Tony on, we have an audience today for this program, an in-person audience. Filmmaker Thomas Wade Jackson of the film A Prayer for Compassion.、Uh, in fact, we're out here in Kansas City because there was a screening last night at the Unity People's Convention. A public screening tomorrow evening, and Thomas is here with his beautiful daughter Melody, who is five years old and the bright shining star of the documentary "A Prayer for Compassion." So, Tony, hey, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me, Victoria. I'm so excited to be on your show today. It is such a pleasure, and I'm so happy that you are working in the area that you are, because. I hear all the time, "Oh yeah, that's good. You know, being vegan—that's a good thing." But, gosh, it's expensive. And you're saying it doesn't have to be. Tell us about that. I、uh, like you. I've I've spent a lot of time in this space. I've had the privilege of serving animals, working for them my whole career. And something I hear over and over and over and over and over and over again is that it's too expensive to be vegan. And for a long time, I would just say, "Oh no, you could do it. Everyone can do it. No matter what budget you have, it's doable." But I started then compiling resources, starting with recipes first on plantbasedonabudget.com to really. Lessen that mi- misconception and ease people into plant-based eating without having them go to all new grocery stores that are Whole Foods or co-ops, maybe just the closest grocery store to their house, and、uh, with f- familiar ingredients. I think that that's also really important. And another big inspiration to me was my family. I've been thriving on a vegan diet now for about twelve years, and over the The course of my veganism, my family has really struggled with diet-related health issues, and I would regularly say, "Hey, try plant-based eating. It, it'll it'll do your body good." And something that they say over and over again is that it's too expensive. So I started with my family's recipes. I started taking them and veganizing them, and that's how Plant-Based on a Budget was born. Very cool. You know, we were talking just a little bit before the show, Tony, and every time somebody says to me, "Oh, it's so expensive," I always come back with, "No, it's not. No, it's not." But in all honesty, it can be really expensive. I mean, maybe it's partly because I live in New York City, where everything is a little bit more expensive. But I notice that particularly when I'm making food for a crowd, and I realize there are people with large families, so every meal is making food for a crowd. So I know that fresh fruits and vegetables, we're told, we're supposed to eat berries for our brains and for antioxidants. Berries are really expensive, even when you don't get them organic. Although the Environmental Working Group says that's one of the foods you really do need to get organic. So, where do people start? How can they do this healthfully and provide variety and really seriously do it when the budget is tight? 
I suggest meal planning. Meal planning is what saves me the most money. And on Plant Based on a Budget, Dot com. I have free meal plans that show how you can eat for $25 a week. So that's $1.20 per meal. And I even have one that's um, a daily dozen, and that's for $30 a week. So it's the Dr. Greger's daily dozen, and it makes sure we incorporate all of the foods that he recommends eating so that you have your optimal nutrition. And it requires a lot of thought and effort and that's why I did it so that I can take the work out of someone or out of out of it for someone who's just stepping into the plant-based space and and may feel overwhelmed but it does require work and it does require knowing where to shop and my audience surprisingly I would say I've pulled them several times and about 60% of them eat animal products and are looking to start incorporating more plant-based dishes into their diet. So many of them shop at conventional grocery stores. Many of them shop at Costco and Walmart. And so when I'm doing my shopping, I make sure that I'm looking at those grocery stores because I want to, I want these resources to be maximized. And when I was shopping with my meal plan at Walmart in DC, I was able to do the whole week for $21. And that's breakfast, lunch, and dinner, seven days, and uh, with filling, filling and nutritious meals. That is stunning and amazing. So I know we're all going to want to go to plantbasedonabudget.com and see this meal plan. Can you give us a, a preview? Just give us one day, a breakfast, lunch, and dinner that might satisfy Dr. Greger's recommendations or close to it and also um, be as cheap as you're talking about. So I recommend for a cheap, healthy breakfast a I. I almost always start off with oatmeal and different fruits like a banana or frozen berries. You can get frozen berries at the Dollar Tree store even. So um, I, I recommend checking out your local Walmart or Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree is a good place for frozen fruit. And then I would put some uh, an unsweetened soy milk. And that can also be found at the Dollar Tree store. And then I would put in seeds. The cheapest seed is sunflower seeds, and I get unsalted sunflower seeds from my from a local grocery store called Winco, which is like a big boxy um, 24-hour grocery store that has very impressive bulk bins. So I highly recommend checking out the grocery stores that you don't think may be vegan-friendly because oftentimes I found that they are. They have some really good either bulk bulk items or basics like um, the store brand of canned beans or canned tomatoes or something like that. So that would be breakfast. And then lunch. Okay. So in the week I have people cooking four times and the four, four meals are batch cooked and spread out eating each three times in the week. So I would say lunch would be leftovers of something that you had a previous night. And then dinner would be something like um, broccoli 
I would do frozen broccoli, which you can also get from the Dollar Tree store, some kale and um, quinoa, which I get from the bulk bin, and a sweet potato. That sounds yummy. I mean, it just sounds wonderful. Okay, and I'm getting it. I'm, I'm this idea that the bulk cooking, batch cooking, and, and having the leftovers for lunch. This is all making a lot of, of sense. So do you use any processed or packaged foods other than you mentioned the soy milk? Uh, when I'm when I'm doing uh, plant-based on a – when I was writing plant-based on a budget, the cookbook, I gave people options. So if they had more time, they could make everything from scratch. And if they had more money and less time, I gave them options to buy their milk. In the in the book, I used the cheapest nut that I could find, which was peanut milk. Um, that's the recipe I gave, but I told the reader how they can easily swap it out for cashews if they had a little bit more money to spend or any other nut that they preferred. I've never heard of peanut milk from raw peanuts, I presume. Yep. Blanched yep. raw peanuts. Is it good? Mm-hmm. It's good. It does have a nutty taste, but it really is yummy in your oatmeal or your cereal or your granola. Um, so I I like it. Wow. Well, I've learned something today, and I didn't think that after 35 years as a vegan, I was going to learn about <laughs> a new kind of milk. That is so cool and one that saves money as well. So you've written a couple of cookbooks now, and I know a lot of people are amazing at creating recipes, and they do have a cookbook kind of inside them. They just don't know how to go about it. So walk it through how, how you went from being regular person to cookbook author. Well, the first cookbook I was approached, and it was kind of a one-off deal where a publisher approached me and said, hey, we'll pay you a small writer's fee to write this book. And so it was just dipping my toe in the world of publishing, but it was in an unconventional way. With the second book, which is My Pride and Joy, and I, it's like my little baby, I did a lot of Google searching. I had no idea how to publish a book. And so I found out how to pitch an agent and then how to go from agent to publisher. And then once I'm at the publisher, I relied on my agent a lot to help me out. And you and I have the same publisher. I know, Ben Bella. They're oh, very, very so much. plant-based friendly. And uh, in addition to doing plant-based on a budget with you, they did uh, the Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook with J.L. Fields and me. Yeah, they're terrific. We're in good hands. Yes. And and with my book, there are a couple of things that were really, really important to me. I learned how to cook using cookbooks that I checked out the li- at the library. But when I was learning how to cook, I, I first I came from a standard American diet where I relied a lot on fast food and frozen food and ramen noodles and didn't really know my way around the kitchen. And so I would start checking out a cookbook here or there um, at the library and then photocopying. I know that's not the best thing for authors, but I didn't have any money at the time and there weren't as many wonderful vegan resources online um, 12 years ago. So that was how I learned how to cook. And there were some things that 
were helpful back then that I knew that I wanted to include now. So a photo with every recipe was really important to me because I know that I'm inspired by seeing something really beautiful. And then also I wanted to give people options on how to make the recipe. So I gave a very basic recipe that was as cheap as I can get it to be delicious and and flavorful. And then I also gave some additional options that are in a separate section so that when you look at the recipe, you're not super overwhelmed by this really long list of ingredients. It's in a separate spot on the page that says optional additions. If you have extra money or you have these things on hand, they enhance the recipe. Then I I also give some tips that are from me on how to make the recipe easier or faster or better. And then I have tips from my testers. I had 40 testers from very, very, very diverse, diverse backgrounds. And some of them had never cooked before. Many of them ate meat still. And some of them were chefs. And, and it was really cool to hear how they would make the recipe better or better for them. And so I included their tips in the recipes as well. So if you wanted a variation, you had those. And then I left lines for people to write their own tips because I know that I use recipes as a guide and as inspiration, but then I add whatever I have on hand or whatever I found that was cheap. So if spinach was cheaper than kale, I'll say this recipe is good with spinach. And I wanted my readers to do that too. That is so cool. I like how you think. You're very organized, I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. What do you, I mean, these days, and, and I hate to admit it, being an author, I so often will look in my fridge and see what's there, and then I will go online and say, vegan, cabbage, green pepper, garbanzo beans. (laughs) And there are a million (laughs) recipes. And yet... I love holding a cookbook, having a cookbook, reading a cookbook. So how do you help people get recipes this day and age, and how is there room for both? Well, I put – so I have a website where I have free recipes. But in my book, there's a lot of context. It's not just – recipes. It's how to save money and how to save time. And time is really a really extremely important asset that we don't really think about in cooking. But I want people to, especially after work, not have to spend a lot of time in the kitchen. And so I I spent a good chunk of the front portion of the book uh, talking about how to save time and money. I gave 30 time-saving tips and 30 money-saving tips. And then I also shared my own story about how I learned how to cook. I I didn't have a lot of fancy cooking uh, cookware. I didn't have a lot of really anything in the kitchen or money to buy those things. And I was still able to be plant-based. And I think that when someone is feeling unsupported, to have to know that someone else was able to overcome those obstacles is really helpful. So what inspired you to do this? Because you've said a couple of times that, you know, when this happened for you, circumstances were difficult. What made you want to do this? Well, originally, when I started my plant-based journey, even before the 12 years, I I became vegetarian first. Um, It was mostly for health reasons. I cut out um, red meat 
first uh, to become a better runner. <laughs> it was a suggestion from my coach. So it wasn't even what has kept me vegan. And what has kept me vegan uh, was in my early, well, I was about 20 years old, 20 years old, I joined a veg club on campus. I had already become vegetarian and uh, vegetarian is very loose for what I really was. But having the support system and learning about what was happening to farm farmed animals was what inspired me to be vegan and stay vegan for the past 12 years and for forever going forward. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, I took you away from talking about time saving, which is really important because I wanted to know your story. But if we could just backtrack, I know you give 30 tips in the book. Could you give us a few? Give give us five <laughs> really good time saving tips. Because at this point in my life, Tommy, I, I think um, if somebody said, do you want to win the lottery or have an extra five hours in the day, it would be those hours for sure. Not that I would turn the lottery away. Well, I'll tell you my biggest, the biggest thing that I've done for myself. And that was I invested in a pressure cooker. I bought my pressure cooker used on Amazon. It had a big dent in it. And it, I saved $30 off of the Instant Pot. And that is always an option. So if you're looking to save money, you can buy used, which is a returned product on Amazon. And my pressure cooker has saved me so much time. I make quinoa in five minutes. I make beans in 40 minutes. I make lentils in 15 minutes. I just I love it so much. And it has really brought in a lot of nutrition on the really busy weekdays after work. And not only that, but I, I bought an extra pot, not not the instant pot, but a, an extra pot so I can now do my beans. And then immediately after, I'll start my quinoa. And then immediately after, I'll steam some vegetables. I bought a steamer basket and you steam the vegetables for one minute. And in in 15 minutes, I have all of the food that I'm going to eat for dinner and then lunch the next day for both my husband and I. Wow. That's yes, good. And, okay, but I'm yeah. greedy. Give us some more. Okay. Okay. Uh, I also think that I, this is controversial because there are a lot of garlic lovers, but there are some easy store-bought swaps that save a lot of time. And garlic, minced garlic is one of the things that I turn to when I'm trying to cook quickly. Minced garlic saves you from having to press it and peel it and then mince it, which is minutes. And if you really, really, really don't want to sacrifice fresh garlic, uh, then getting a garlic press is also a time saver. Uh, I'm a big garlic lover, so mm. <laughs> I understand that. And then if you don't, if you have more time than, no, I'm sorry, if you have more money than time, uh, having things like chopped, I'm sorry, not chopped, uh, canned beans are going to be a lot faster than cooking your own beans from scratch. Same with buying store-bought bread. I used to make all of my bread from scratch. And I would think to myself later, I just spent really 24 hours making this sourdough loaf when I could have spent $2.50 buying from the Sacramento Bread Company. And I'd always feel a little bit silly knowing how much time I spent on that loaf of bread. And then Sharing meals with friends or meal swapping is another thing that I have done to save time. If you work in an office, 
give your friends some vegan recipes is also a really good way to share <laughs> veganism with them. Give them and then give them the recipes and then meal swap. So when you're cooking your your batches of dinner, do two batches of the recipe and have your friend do two batches of the recipe and then swap one of them at work the next day. So if you make a casserole and they make a casserole, you're not eating the same thing because you swapped it. And I know that for myself, I tend to get tired of something when I'm living off of it for the 10 days because I made this giant, giant pot of whatever it is. So those are a few of my favorite tips. Those are wonderful tips. And you know, they're so, I don't know what the PC word is for when I was in school, we used to call it home economics. And there's something so comforting about sort of domestic bliss. And and these are the things that you're talking about. Home economics 2019. I love it. So you gave us some time-saving tips. And in our last few minutes, would you just throw in some money savers? Yes. Uh, definitely meal plan. That's my number one thing. It really saves on impulsive purchases at the grocery store. It makes sure that you use what you have instead of going and buying everything new at the grocery store. And then also, um, I really think that with some things like, like beans, I know I mentioned it as a time saver, but I'm going to go the opposite cooking beans from scratch will only do it on your Sunday or your day off, whatever your day off is. And you'll save so much money. A can of beans is between one and $2, whether depending on whether you buy it organic, but you can cook a pot of beans for $2, feeding your whole family for a week for nearly the same price. Beans are at Winco where I grocery shop 68 cents per pound and they expand. So Cooking your beans from scratch is one of the cheapest ways I save money in the kitchen. And uh, let's see what else. Um, I'm I'm curious to know what your as as a chef yourself. What do you? do to save money. Oh, you're so kitchen. kind. Well, I, I am not nearly a chef. Um, I used to be a pretty good cook. But as time has passed, I'm not very interested in spending a lot of time in the kitchen anymore. So I, I'm very intrigued by simplicity. A lot of soups, salads, smoothies. The other night, my husband and I had watermelon, period. For dinner, <laughs> I mean, so it's it's very very simple. I also live in New York City, so my kitchen is small, and um, it is very easy to get food you know, on the street and ordered in and things like that. So um, primarily, other than sometimes getting out one of my favorite cookbooks, I, I love Jennifer Cornbleet's Raw Food Made Easy for One or Two People because I like easy. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just keep it really, really simple. But I'm going to be getting plant-based on a budget, I hear, uh, very yes. soon in my very own mailbox. And uh, then maybe it will re-enthuse me uh, to be a little bit more of a kitchen witch. I hope so, because it's oh. it's a wonderful thing to be. I'm going to get you your copy ASAP. Oh, bless your heart. Thank you so much, Tony Okamoto, plant-based on a budget, plantbasedonabudget.com. Stay with us. When we come back, we're going to find out how it is to be vegan on Puerto Rico.
You're listening to Unity Online Radio, celebrating Pride Month with the LGBTQ community. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listeners like you to support our broadcasts that send our messages out to an awakening world. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate today. Here's a Unity Wisdom Moment with Eric Butterworth. I love those lines of William Blake. To see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wildflower. Hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. That's a kind of relativity that I think we all need to deal with prayerfully. So in a sense, what Jesus says in his Sermon on the Mount, and what I'm trying to say to you this morning, and perhaps looking in a mirror, saying to myself, more importantly, slow me down, Lord. Let me get in tune. Let me get off the treadmill. Let me get the sense of oneness with the rhythm of life. Let me get in tune with a pace that is not related to the ticking of a clock, but to the divine flow in which great ideas easily and effectively and timelessly unfold themselves and manifest themselves in the right way at the right time and in a harmonious outworking that is right and good for all concerned. Slow me down, Lord. To hear more talks from Eric Butterworth, visit truthunity.net. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear their beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. Call today, 816-969-2000. What if you could start each day with a positive outlook, remembering you are a divine expression of God? Daily Word is a booklet of daily devotionals offering positivity that's downright contagious. With a print subscription or by email, you can pause to reflect on how to practice spirituality in your human experience. Reading Daily Word takes about a minute a day, so you can feel uplifted every morning. Visit dailyword.com to subscribe. Create a path to success and prosperity with May McCarthy and Abundance Incorporated every Thursday at 2 p.m. Central on UnityOnlineRadio.org. A co-founder of seven successful companies, an angel investor, best-selling author, and international speaker, May will help you each week with spiritual and practical tools you can use to create a life that you love with greater health, happiness, wealth, and freedom. Join the show live with your questions or listen later on demand right here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us today on the Main Street Vegan Program. I do want to mention our sponsor, 
compliment. And we've talked about them before. Compliment is this wonderful spray where you can get your B12 and D3 and fully formed omega-3 fatty acids just in a very convenient spray. You don't even have to swallow anything. But the good people at Complement now have a new product called Complement Plus, and that is a fully vegan capsule. And it also has B12, D3, and the EPA, DHA, omega-3 fatty acids. But they have also added, in collaboration with Dr. Joel Kahn and the dietitian Dr. Pamela Ferguson, some other nutrients that it's possible for somebody, even on a really good plant-based diet, to be a little shy on. So that's zinc, iodine, selenium, magnesium, and vitamin K2, which is evidently very important for bones. And the only dietary source for vegans is something called natto, which is a fermented soy product that people with Asian backgrounds sometimes grow up to really love. But a lot of the rest of us have it and just think, oh my goodness, this doesn't taste good. This doesn't smell good. And so according to Dr. Khan, a lot of us are very, very short on vitamin K2. Well, all of that is in Complement Plus. And if you're interested in checking that out, the website is alpineorganics.co. And if you would like a discount on either Complement product, just put Main Street Vegan in all capital letters in the discount code box, and that'll help you out a little. So uh, thanks to you for listening, and thanks to uh, the good people at Alpine Organics for coming up with such great products. Now, I'm so, so happy to introduce to you somebody that I know, which is always fun, and I feel so lucky to know so many amazing vegans. Cindy Lou Negron came to Main Street Vegan Academy back in the summer of 2016, and she was already a powerhouse over there in in Puerto Rico doing amazing vegan outreach as the founder of Veganizalo which I probably pronounced wrong, she can say it right. It's a platform that informs and educates people in Puerto Rico about veganism through recipes and workshops and the occasional comfort food pop-up. Cindy has also started the first vegan YouTube channel out of Puerto Rico, and she does lots of local TV and radio. She writes articles for publications, including La Fashionista, Compassionista magazine, and she is the mom of one adorable toddler. Welcome, Cindy Lou Negron. Thank you, Victoria. Oh, it's so I'm wonderful. Excited and happy to be here. Well, it's wonderful to have you. How how old is the baby at this point? Well, he's two and a half. But he's huge. You <laughs> recognize him from the last time you saw him. And again, you know, we're always busting these myths, but you can't grow healthy vegan kids. Excuse me. Here's yeah. one to look at, and lots and lots besides. <laughs> so let's let's. Yep. Um, Start with looking at veganism from 2012 when you went vegan to now. What do you see? Well, I mean, it's growing by the minute. Every time I look back and forth to everything I've been through since I went vegan, I'm amazed. The other day I was discussing with somebody how when I started, I would mostly go um eat whole food, plant-based things, because you wouldn't find a lot of things here at the supermarket. But today, it's a whole other 
story, and you can, you know, uh, like I would say, you can do a little bit of singing in terms of, of eating with chocolate or uh, ice creams. We have local vegan ice creams that are amazing. And, yeah, I mean, it's been growing a lot. I would say uh, in the last three years here in the island, it's been uh, crazy, the expansion and uh, the whole vegan revolution locally. Well, you're a big part of that. So one thing I would like to share with our listeners, and one reason I wanted to have you on the show, is you seem to have a knack for PR, for getting yourself out there. You're always on television, on radio, speaking here, speaking there. How do you communicate with these power brokers so that they say, yeah, come on and talk about being vegan? Well, I've been lucky enough to know a lot of vegans that have been vegan even longer than I have. And it's been sort of... and of course, of this is what I do, and I've been in workshops and stuff like that, and they know me, they've seen me work, and so one thing leads to another, and then I get invited, or they're thinking about having to be somewhere else. And I, I always say it's been a luck thing. <laughs> I mean, it would seem that I go out and about, but... That's not the reality. It's just that I share what I know and I love sharing what I'm learning, what I know, what I'm studying, and people really react to it. So it's been like that most of the time. I just know the right person that can connect me to another one. Mm-hmm. So you have a company. V- v- pronounce it. Say it right. <laughs> I don't want to butcher <laughs> the na- beautiful name of your company. <laughs> Veganizado. Ooh, and and what is that in English? <laughs> it's veganize it. Ooh, cool. Because uh, yeah, because when I started my YouTube channel, I would do different recipes, and then I would have like my little cute slogan at the end where I would say, "If you want to eat any plate, just veganize it." Ah, love that. So, um, <laughs> yeah. wh- what does your company do, and do you do it only in Spanish? Yeah, one of the things that I've always been focused on doing is uh, educate about veganism in whatever I do, but in Spanish. Because back in 2012 when I started, there were a lot of um, information, but everything was in English. So I'm super blessed that I know and understand English, but I saw that there was a demand for Spanish information out there. So that was my main focus. Whatever I do, I'm always going to do it in Spanish. So my podcast is in Spanish. My YouTube channel is in Spanish. And everything uh, I've been to or, like, um, the TV places that I've been to, the radios, I try to make everything in Spanish because I believe that we need that information in our language. And... We do a lot of things. We've been doing pop-ups for more than two years, and those are really popular because we always try to give comfort food to our customers because there there aren't many comfort food places here. So we have a lot of local vegan places that do traditional Puerto Rican food, but we have a need for, like, I don't know, a place that sells pancakes and stuff like that. 
And I do a lot of that with my pop-ups and then through my other platforms with the workshops and all that. Uh, they're always in Spanish and they're always focused on veganism as a whole. So I try to make recipes that could be only whole food plant-based without oil, if that's the way you want to eat. But I also teach them, like, how can you make it with oil if that's what you want to. And, you know, try to cover all the bases uh, by teaching veganism as it could be transformed for you or it could be transformed for anybody else. That is so cool. I, I, I love your energy. Do you feel that that has something to do with being vegan or, or just your personality? <laughs> it's a little bit of both. <laughs> it's a little bit of both. And I also think that um, the fact that my personality is so out there, but at the same time, I try to be as honest as possible. So uh, not long ago, I went through a uh, 50-day detox with my naturopathic doctor, and I was sharing everything on social media, and people were telling me, oh, you look, um, I don't know, more radiant now since you've been doing that, or you look like you're not having fun with what you're eating. So I like to transmit what I'm actually feeling at the moment whenever I'm sharing something with my uh, fans or my followers. And I think that's one of the reasons why they enjoy me so much, because they know that they're getting the real me. And, <laughs> yeah, but definitely being vegan has made more energy than ever and with a toddler running all day you gotta get those energy from the veggies and the fruits well you obviously do it and and you just you're energizing me just by listening to you today so let's talk a little bit about the big historic event that happened in Puerto Rico in, in recent memory you guys went through that horrible hurricane and the information that I was getting from you and, and from others on the island, we have five now um, Main Street Vegan Academy graduate coaches there. It was really moving. So what was it like then and what's it like now? Well, it was really scary in terms of the aftermath. I mean, being through the whole hurricane was scary enough, but the actual aftermath of the many months that we were out of power and, like, the water resources being contaminated and all that, it was a really interesting story. So now I've been through, like, three or four big hurricanes here in the island, and for me, this was the worst one. Interestingly enough, a lot of people that I met after that in terms of veganism, a lot were telling me, oh, I was vegan before the hurricane, but then the hurricane came and, you know, my diet went down the drain with that. And I'm always telling them that's super weird because at home we were blessed enough to have, like, enough food to get us through, but nothing stopped me from, like, uh, cutting off my veganism in terms of what I ate. I had a lot of uh, resources in terms of beans, and I would cook with whatever I had in terms of not having power. So we did, like, very boy or Girl Scout stuff to cook dinner and to heat up stuff. But, 
I mean, it was definitely a very interesting moment in our life to learn a lot of things uh, and to also appreciate a lot of things that we usually have but we don't appreciate. And after, I would say, as, as we are right now, I mean, we've been regenerating in terms of our flora and fauna. It's been regenerating, and we have crops. And, you know, the people that does agriculture, they've seen everything change for the better as well. But there are some places still that have um, some issues with the power. Like in the whole country, I would say the power is still sort of rocky. And we're actually in hurricane season again, so, you know, everybody gets a little bit frustrated and, you know, we're waiting for the news to listen that there's nothing coming again because we know that if something strikes again, it's going to be probably even harder than the first time if it's such a big hurricane like Maria was. Well, thank you for all you did, and and thank you for being so brave and strong and helpful because I know you were out there providing vegan food for a lot of people who otherwise wouldn't have had any food of any kind, and and that just really inspired me to be a better person too. So now you're doing something else cool. You are working with Chili's on Wheels, and we have uh, talked about them before on the program, but for people who, who are not familiar, what's Chili's on Wheels and what are you doing there? Okay, so Chili's on Wheels is a nonprofit organization that helps people that are low income or homeless, and we basically provide food and amenities for them. Uh, and we have a lot of chapters throughout the states, uh, including Hawaii and Puerto Rico. And that's basically like the whole organization. We do a lot of food relief, but when Mar- Maria hits us, uh, in 2017, the founder, which is Richard she is Puerto Rican, and she was based in New York, so she felt the need to come and use everything that Chili's on Wheels had in hand to do hurricane relief. And that's when my whole journey started with them, because uh, one of the people that she knew here, like local, was me, and she called me and she said, hey, do you think you can help me like feed people around? And I said, of course. So we fed a lot of people, I would say, around 15,000 in a couple of months. And we went everywhere that somebody would call us and tell us, you know what, these people haven't had food in X, X or Y days. And we went to orphanages. Or we did a lot of things. So now we have a project called um, Casa Vengana de la Comunidad which is a local place where people can come and learn about veganism as well as help us as, as well as here for a meal church, which we still do uh, three times a week. So we have different communities, and uh, we go to them three times a week. And uh, mostly on Sundays, we do our workshops or our talks, and we invite um other people that are uh, in the vegan community to teach our communities different stuff. So we've talked about the ecological part. We've done different documentaries in English and Spanish. And in terms of workshops, I do most of them. We've also had um, different people that we've invited 
but I do most of them. And like I said before, I always try to focus my workshops in every kind of diet that someone can have in the vegan world so that they can adapt the recipes to whatever it is that they do. But we do get a lot of people that are definitely not vegan. Some of them are thinking about it. Some of them want to transition. And these workshops are really helpful because not only do they get to try the recipes and see everything and ask a lot of questions, but most of the time we also try to use whatever we have at hand in terms of the donations that we get, and we try to make them cost-effective because we want to teach the other part that veganism doesn't have to be a very expensive thing, that you can still do it, but you need to, the tools and the knowledge to actually apply that. So that's what we try to do in terms of the workshop. Oh, that's so cool. I love everything you do, Miss Cindy Lou. Uh, <laughs> Cindy Negron is uh, veganizalo.com uh, and also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. So do check that out. And certainly if you are Spanish-speaking or know people who are, put them in touch with this amazing woman who has amazing energy Thank you, Cindy, for being alive at the same time as me and for all the amazing things that you do. Thank you, Victoria, and okay. everyone that is listening. Thank you. All righty. Take care. Come visit. You too. Okay. Uh, I will, you know. Thank you. Bye-bye. And Oh, bless you, Cindy. And we do have a few extra minutes today, and we are going to be talking with Thomas Jackson of uh, A Prayer for Compassion. You've heard from him before, but you've never heard from his lovely daughter, Melody, who is five years old. She was three and four when six. Good heavens. She was younger when she appeared in the film. My goodness, you can't be six. That means I must be... 60-something. No, we won't even go there. Um, The film is uh, A Prayer for Compassion. You can read about it at aprayerforcompassion.com. And I thought just in our last few minutes, we would hear about that film touring the world and and these two intrepid uh, filmmakers and film stars going all over the place with it. Welcome, Thomas and Melody. Thanks, Victoria. It's great to be here. Wonderful to have you. Hi, Melody. So, Melody, I know that you recently came back from Europe. You were in London and Paris and Aberdeen, Scotland. And what was your favorite of those places? Scotland. And why so? Well, I got to stay with these nice people that were vegan, and they gave me a present. That is lovely. So for you as a vegan child... What does the world look like to you? I know you know a lot of vegans and non-vegans. You love a lot of non-vegans, and yet you have this commitment to the animals, and you eat in a different way from a lot of people. What's it like for you? Well, as long as I'm not eating an innocent being, I'm fine. (laughs) As long as you're not eating an innocent being, you're fine. Oh, my goodness, from the mouths of babes. So, Thomas, how's it going with the film? Oh, my goodness, Victoria. We are having a ball and uh, meeting a lot of cool people and and uh, making a lot of vegans. It's like blowing my mind that so many people have come up and uh, after the fact and said that uh, 
they're through. They're done. They've seen, uh, they've learned the truth. A lot of vegetarians that go to vegan, but we had a nice letter from a lady in Santa Monica who said she was an omnivore when she walked in and loved her comfort foods and never even imagined going vegan, but she's came out vegan and she's gotten some of her vegetarian Buddhist friends to go vegan and she's promoting it like crazy. Wow. So people are not only going vegan, but they're sharing the message. Yes. Getting the conversation started. That's so cool. So for anybody who is new to the program and doesn't know about the film, we have talked about it a lot because you invited me through this program. Uh, Thomas called in one day. Do you know you can call in? This is actually a live radio show. I know nearly everybody listens to the podcast, but we are a live radio show every Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock U.S. East Coast time. And back in 2015, Thomas called in and afterwards asked if I would produce his film. So, oh my goodness, the rest is history. But for people who aren't familiar, just give us a little rundown of A Prayer for Compassion, what it is and what you're trying to accomplish with it. You know, I was vegan for about eight years when Melody was born, and um, I was a live and let live vegan. I knew very few vegans, and then I saw the movie Cowspiracy, and it really freaked me out. And I started praying and meditating about what can I do to make, uh, you know, to help the world be around when my daughter was older. And uh, this film is a result. It took me around the world. I interviewed people from all types of spiritual and religious backgrounds and uh, about the compassion at the heart of their teachings. I went to India for two weeks and Morocco to the climate change conference that the UN puts on every year. And I discovered, you know, what we pretty much know, that every tradition is in alignment with a vegan lifestyle. You know, every tradition teaches uh, compassion. Every tradition teaches compassion for for the body temple, uh, compassion for creation, cre- compassion for animals, and compassion for people. So vegan uh, lifestyle is in alignment with all of those things. Every day we have a chance to uh, do something that makes a positive impact for people's health, people's um, for the environment, and for the animals. So it's a, that's the message of the film is is to be more compassionate in the choices we make, and that we are powerful, and that as you notice. Uh, that the world is becoming more vegan day by day, and it's because of people like you and I and Melody and other vegans who are putting our money down on something that is uh, of compassion. That's beautiful. So, Melody, and if you could talk right and really close to the mic, just like you're trying to practically be part of the mic. That'll help people hear you better. So you're a regular kid in so many ways. I know you do theater in school. Um, You like Jojo from the Dance Moms show, who's now become a kind of YouTube star. So you're out there with your regular friends. Do they ever talk about your being vegan? How is it with them? Well, they're fine with it. So just you do your thing, they do their thing, and everybody's okay? Yep. I like that. You know, there's a lot we can learn from six-year-olds. So, Thomas, I know that the film is now in theatrical release, and people can find out about that on the um, website of um, A Prayer for Compassion, also the Facebook page. And uh, I have a page for the film on my site, MainStreetVegan.net. But what can somebody do if they would like to show the film in their area? Well, thanks to the Veg Fund, who has been an amazing uh, supporter of our film, they have given us a grant that anybody anywhere in the world can show this film for free. 
at their church, their library, their community center. All they have to do is reach out to us at the Compassion Project film at gmail.com or a prayer for compassion.com you can leave a message there any of our social media just reach out and let us know you want to have a screening when you want to have it and we'll give you the information of how to do it and the veg fund will even give you some money to help have vegan food there too because that's some of the best activism i've seen is some of the food that's coming around lately you know. I'm really starting to see that the food is so important. We did a screening last night for a lot of, of ministers in Unity and, and a lot of very active uh, lay people in Unity churches as well. And, and one woman um, said something that was so poignant to me. She said, I just don't know how I could get full if I only ate fruits and vegetables. Well, I wouldn't know either, and that's why we have all these other things to eat. So I think it's so important that we share food and show people how much great food there is out there. So people are listening all over the world, and they're not all going to be able to see the film uh, in a a theater or a church or somewhere on a big screen. So uh, what about digital? Well, the plan is is sometime in September we're going to be able to go digital and people will be able to go online and they'll either see it, stream it or buy it, a DVD or buy a digital copy. And uh, there'll be different platforms we'll be on as well. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Melody, in our last second, what would you like people to know? Go vegan. Go vegan. I love that. And we just changed our uh, our closing message for this program last week. Be blessed. Be happy. Be healthy. Be vegan. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on The Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.